Are you ever afraid in the dark? <laughs> so my wife is weird. Not as weird as I am. Not even close, but she is weird. Um, she needs the room to be completely dark in order to sleep. So like we have this little Wi-Fi router in the room with a, just a little teeny light on it. And if that's not covered up, it's a thing. So we've got to throw some sweatpants or a sweatshirt or a towel in front of that. Make sure it's dark enough. Now I'm not afraid of the dark, so that's, that's fine. And um, it's in my own house, in my own room, so that's, that's fine. But I do remember about 10 years ago, I was camping with my two oldest boys, Andrew and Aiden. Um, we were in a field, and it was dark out. It's fine. I'm not afraid of the dark. We were sleeping until there was a horrific howl, maybe even a screeching that was going on around us. In fact, this thing was moving up and down one side of the field, and then it would cross the field and move up and down the other side of the field, making this horrific growling sound that was um, letting us know that he was not happy about our existence. Um, so my boys got a little panicked. And I'm thinking, all right, you're, you're a dad. You've got to find a way to kind of give them some assurance. You're going to be okay. And tell them, listen, we're in a tent, and this paper-thin tent is going to keep us safe. <laughs> from a ferocious beast. <laughs> then we start gathering our flashlights and we're shining it through the woods. It was, it was quite a thing. Eventually, when we realized we weren't sleeping anymore, we braved from the tent to my truck, which wasn't far away, ran to the truck, went to Cumberland Farms, and all was right with the world. Have you ever been in a situation where darkness made you uncomfortable or scared, maybe confused? Moving around in the darkness can certainly be dangerous. Maybe you've stubbed your toe or worse in the darkness uh, because you can't see. You're familiar with your environment, so you think it's going to be okay, but someone left a 30-pound weight in the middle of the room. And that turned out to not be so great. It can be dangerous. You know, there was a time when the whole creation was enshrouded in darkness. We weren't there for it. But listen to the words of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Darkness. Darkness with no sun, moon, and stars. Darkness with no light. Real, utter, complete darkness. There was a time in which our world existed that way. Seems to have been a very brief period of time, but it, darkness nonetheless. There was another time when God cast darkness over the land of Egypt. You'll remember this, I think, from Exodus chapter 10. Listen to these words. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Notice this next part. A darkness to be felt. Darkness externally impacting our insides. This is what the people of Egypt felt. 
So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven. There was a pitch black in all the land of Egypt for three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone raise, rise from his place for three days, but all the people of Israel had light where they lived. So think about this. God said, dark. And the people of Egypt saw dark. The people of Israel saw light, but the people of Egypt saw dark. There's another time in God's written revelation, the Bible, where God caused darkness to reside when there would have been light. And that was when the Lord Jesus was enduring the declaration of guilt. He was declared guilty for my sin. And God sent a darkness over the face of the earth in that time, right at high noon. God decided there would be darkness in that moment. At God's Word, there is light. And at God's Word, there is darkness. He sovereignly superintends over this with His own authority. Now, without God's intervention, the world that He made would still reside in darkness. He made it And had he not declared with this word, let there be light, and there was light, the whole society, everything would have been enshrouded, continuing in darkness. But God intervened into the midst of what He had made and declared that there would be light. Even before He made the sun, the moon, and the stars, God declared there would be light at His word. This is, this is pretty interesting. Light and the light of the sun that God has made is so impactful. We experience the benefits of heat from the light that God has created. We experience the benefits of solar power as a result of the light that God has created. Uh, all of the processes of nature are impacted by the sun's light. Things like photosynthesis. These are all common experiences of God's grace. Every day the sun rises and sets, and we are benefited every day by this circuit that God sends uh, from our perspective, from our vantage point, sends the circuit of the sun around the globe. But you know, even more significantly, the light that God sends to us through His Son, Jesus Christ, reveals our darkness that needs to be dispelled. The light that God has sent into the world, Jesus Christ, reveals our darkness and it reveals the fact that we need our darkness set aside. Listen to these words in the Gospel of John chapter 1. The text was read earlier by our brother David. It says, In Him, speaking of the Word or Christ in him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness 
and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through Him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Jesus, who is the Word, who is the life, is the light of men. So that's where we'll start this morning. Jesus is the light of men. Light helps us to see dangers. We kind of touched on that already. Light helps us to see what is really there. Like what things really are. Sometimes something will come our way and it can appear to be one thing, but after further examination, it's not really what it seemed to be. The same, the, the light that God gives us can help us to see what really is there, what it really is. Light helps us to see a better way. You know, we have these expressions in the Scriptures like, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's light gives us clarity about things where otherwise we're really confused by darkness or disillusion or confusion. God's light shows us the way forward. In fact, even more so than a spoken Word, the Word Himself, the Bible says, Jesus said, I am the way. And the Scriptures are constantly pointing us to that One who is the way. Constantly pointing us to our Savior, Jesus. Jesus is the light of men. It says here, and the phraseology is interesting in verse 4, in Him, in the Word, was life. And now He shifts it. Now this One who is life, the life, was the light of men. Jesus is the life, the light, excuse me, of men. So Jesus as light calls to us, essentially, saying, hey, down that road of darkness is pain. Down that road of darkness is harm to you. Down that road of darkness is condemnation. Come to Me. Come to the light. I have something for you. Or He might say, Hey, remaining in your own darkness is harmful to you. Come to Me. I have something for you. What does the light of men offer to you? He offers to you and to Me life. Real life. And Pastor Jeff talked about that last week. We're talking about light and life. Jesus, I have life for you. Come! See Me. Experience Me. Receive from Me. Jesus is the light of men. Secondly, as we look further in this passage, Jesus is victorious in the cascading of His light. Jesus is victorious in the casting of His light. Or the expansion of His light. Or the infiltration of His light. You've got darkness. Darkness out there. Darkness all around. Darkness in here. Jesus, who is the light of men, sends forth His light and He is victorious 
in setting the darkness aside, dispelling the darkness, conquering the darkness. Take a look with me at verse 5. The light shines in the darkness. Will you read the next part of the verse with me? And the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We were out on the porch last night, or our deck. We had a little fire going. There were just uh, five of us. The oldest two were out doing their thing, and we, the five of us were on this, having a, on our deck having a, uh, a fire, and we were listening. And there was another one of those not very nice noises. You hear some rustling in the woods and some, some kind of howl type thing. So we get out our flashlights and shine it over there and the thing just takes off, right? When, you're, when you shine the light into darkness, what happens to the darkness? It goes away. It doesn't have a chance to stand against light, particularly when you have a really high-velocity uh, Flashlight, you get all these lumens, it just blows it away. It, it overcomes it. Well, that's just in the physical world. With Jesus' light, the darkness of man has no chance to stand against it. This passage is talking about the, the desire that the, the darkness has to overcome him, and it says it has not overcome him. Just as Jesus provides physical light, Physical life people to people all around the globe. He sustains our lives by His spoken Word, the power of His Word. And He provides light to all people. Look at verse 9. It says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now, there's a lot of ways to look at this, but I just want, to, want us for us to see how everyone all around the globe has a chance to see the revelation of God's creative power. We see this in a passage like Psalm 19 in verses 1 and 2, where the Bible says, "...the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day unto day it pours out speech. Night unto night it reveals knowledge." That's in Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2. We have it on the screens for you. There it is. The heavens are declaring something. They're speaking forth something. They're uttering knowledge. They're communicating speech. What is it saying? God is. God is. There was darkness, and then here comes the light. And here's how it's recorded in Romans chapter 1. We've looked at this numerous times, but listen to what it says. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived. Clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that He has made. So they, us, we, are what? Without excuse. Without excuse. The true light who has created all things in verses 1-3. through And it is reiterated again in verse 10. This one that created all things, this light is shining on all men. Everyone has this same revelation. The revelation that God is. And that what He makes is real and true and good. 
While the darkness tries to war against the light of Jesus, it has no ability to overcome it. Look again at verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So there's this war. Darkness is trying to win. And the reality is, it absolutely can't. And we can see it time and time again in Scripture. And if you have ever come to the place of recognizing your sin, and have been exposed to the light of Jesus Christ and have turned to Him for salvation, you you also have experienced what it's like for darkness to say, "Uh, I can't stand against that. You've been born again through the glorious power of God. God reveals to you that you're a sinner, but He reveals to you even greater that there is a Savior, His Son, Jesus Christ. And when you come to know Him as your Savior, you see that God has given you real life and the light that you need. So, you know, Satan tries to blind people's minds from the light of the Gospel. But God, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 6, this will be on the screen for you, says this, Let the light shine out of darkness. He has shown in our hearts to give, that's a gift, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So, so Satan tries to blind people's eyes. But God says, no, I'm going to shine my light. It's seen in the person of Jesus Christ. The the light of Christ is victorious as it marches forth, as it cascades forth. Take a look at Acts chapter 26 for a moment. We'll see an illustration of it in the life of a man that you are familiar with. His name is Paul. This is the third time that Paul gives his testimony in the book of Acts. And what's amazing is Paul was on his way to fight against the Gospel. Paul was on his way to fight against Jesus and His church. And as he was on his way to accomplish this, to persecute the church, to drag people off to prison, to keep the the light of the Gospel from spreading, so he himself is on the march for darkness. And while he is on the march for darkness, the light came to him. Who is the light? Jesus. The light, Jesus, came to him and absolutely destroyed Paul's darkness and turned him. So listen to his testimony of this in Acts chapter 26, beginning in verse 12. It says, in this connection, speaking about persecution, I journeyed on to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, Why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, 
To do what? To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in Me. Here is Paul on his his pursuit to spread the darkness to overcome the light. And the light comes to him and shatters his darkness. Gives him light and commissions him to share that light with others. No one and nothing can prevent God from accomplishing His purpose to deliver. Jesus appeared to Paul and the rest is history. And you know, this is what God has done to each and every one of us that have come to know Christ as our Savior. We weren't pursuing after Him. We weren't seeking Him. We weren't attaining something by our efforts to gain Him. Instead, we were piling up everything in opposition to the light. And in our darkness, Jesus offered His light and rescued us. Listen to the testimony that Paul gives of the people of Colossae. These believers in the, the book of Colossians who had experienced the light that Jesus offers in the midst of their darkness. Listen to these words in Colossians 1.12 and following. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Who's the actor in verses 12, 13, and 14? Just generically, God is, isn't He? He has delivered us. He has transferred us. Through His beloved Son's death on the cross, His life, death, and resurrection, God has offered to you and I what it says in verse 14, the very last portion, we have redemption through Christ which is the forgiveness of sins. The darkness has not overcome the light of Jesus Christ. Instead, rather than that, He has overcome the darkness. He has overcome the world. Remember that in John 16.33? He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Right? You have all these, these, these anxieties and, and persecutions and, and, and difficulties. Fear not. I have overcome the world. Instead of the darkness overcoming Christ, Christ has overcome the darkness. He has overcome the world. He has overcome sin and death. And as the victor, He offers both light and life. And so head back over to the Gospel of John. We're we're thinking about this light that is offered. We see before the world began, it was enshrouded in darkness. God creates the world. It's still in darkness until He says, let there be light. The light of the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world in the midst of the the history that has unveiled since then. And as the light, He offers offers light and life 
to men. There was a, a man, John the Baptist, that came as a messenger to bear witness about this light. And that's what we're going to talk about for a couple of moments because that's how this, this passage uh, moves next. He moves from Jesus being the, the life that gives light to men that do, isn't overcome by the darkness. And now he talks about John in verses 6-8. through eight. Listen to these words in 6-8. through eight. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The third concept that we want to talk about this morning is that Jesus uses messengers to proclaim His light. Jesus uses messengers to proclaim His light. So we're, turning, we're back in John. We're thinking about still what happened in the life of the Apostle Paul. How he was changed from darkness to light and then commissioned as one that would, would reveal or bring the light of the Gospel to the Gentiles. And how people would receive from Him forgiveness of sins by faith in Christ. In this passage, we see John the Baptist being the, the um, harbinger, the, the, the messenger that would, would, would bring that message of light. He came to bear witness about the light that others would believe. He's a messenger of the Gospel. He's a messenger of the Gospel to proclaim the light. Um, What did he proclaim? What was his message? You'll remember later on in this same chapter, he's going to say, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's the light that he is proclaiming. Behold. Behold whom? Behold Christ. He is the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And we, in like manner, desire to point people to our Savior because He gives light and He dispels darkness and He delivers from darkness to light. Jesus told His disciples in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and following, He says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people put a lamp or uh, put light on a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and bring glory or give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The light of Christ that He has shared with us, we desire to put on display to others. Like We've, we've come to the place, many of us, that we've seen that Jesus' light shows us what we have in ourselves. It's not a pretty sight when we see what we have in ourselves. But He provides us with something better. He provides us with Himself. And as those that have been rescued from our darkness and transferred into His kingdom of light, we desire to point people to that light. And the Matthew chapter 5, that passage is telling us as people see our mind changed and God changes the way that we operate, they'll see His light in us. His light through us. So as we walk in communion with God, He produces fruits and evidences of that light. Now think about it like this in your home and in your workplace. Right There are all kinds of opportunities 
for conflict. Anyone ever get into conflicts in their home? Not you? All right. Well, can I, can I, can I come and live with you? <laughs> so there are regularly opportunities for conflict in our homes because you know, we're a bunch of sinners living together. And our sin comes to the, to the surface, right? In our relationships with one another. And it can be very frustrating, very disappointing. Um, but the light that, that Jesus offers to us in the midst of those conflict opportunities in our home is He can offer to you and to me peace. Right in the middle of that, He offers to us peace. It's easy. What comes natural for us when someone is in conflict is for us to conflict better, <laughs> conflict harder, and to conquer. But the light of Christ offers you and me something different. Where there's a conflict raging, if we will allow Jesus in His light to provide with us for us peace, we can bring peace into the midst of that conflict, something that we could never ever produce of ourselves. Um, James talks about it very similarly. He talks about who's wise and understanding among you? Oh, it's me, of course. It's me. But he then talks about how if you have selfish ambition and envy in your heart, you're operating from the realm of everyone else. The world, the flesh, and the devil, essentially. But there is a wisdom that is from above that's first pure, then peaceable, easy to yield, easy to be entreated, easy to come into a, a, a peaceful orientation. That is a gift that comes from God. It's peace. It's His light and His, His life offered. When we are demonstrating peace in the midst of conflict, what are, we, what are we proclaiming? Are we proclaiming us and how we've come to the state of peace and so we can hold our fingers in a certain way? And, and um, this is how I can have my peace. It's not, that's not what we're, we're not proclaiming that. We're saying, my Savior has already settled within me my deepest needs. He's made me at peace with my Father. I have life from Him. And because of that peace that I have with God, that peace can now channel through me. I can be a, a channel of that peace. Well, it's easy to talk about when no one's in the middle of a conflict. But in the middle of it, we have the opportunity to say, Lord, help me. Help me to operate from the peace that You've given to me. Help me to demonstrate that peace for the, for the sake of proclaiming Your light in the midst of this darkness that has arisen in my home or in my workplace. Well, this leads us to a, a final portion uh, for our discussion this morning. Jesus' light results in life for all who believe. Jesus' light results in life for all who believe. Look down at verse 7. John the Baptist came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through Him. Look down at verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him. Speaking of Jesus the light, yet the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. 
But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Back in verse 5, we talked about this. Darkness cannot overcome the light. And there's a, the, the Greek term there in verse 5 is katalambano. Lambano just means to receive or take. And you can see it on the, on the screen. For some reason, one of our screens is not shining. It's pretty sad. The light has died. There it is. Now the light is on. See that illustration right there? Unplanned. Darkness comes, but it can't be overcome. Catalambano um, by, uh, the, doesn't overcome the light. Jesus' own people did not paralambano. Look at verse, verse 11. He came to His own. His own people did not receive Him. That, the word there is paralambano. Same receive. They didn't receive Him uh, in verse 12. And then in verses 12 and 13 it says, but to all who did receive Him. There's the word lambano coming up again. To all who did receive Him, who believe in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. And so we have this, this subtle thing going on in the Greek language that we can't see in our English Bibles. But that word lambano is, is traced through there on purpose. How the darkness tries to come in and overcome, but it can't. Jesus comes to His people and His people don't lumbano. They don't receive Him. Those are the, the Jewish people, right? In that day. But He says, all that would receive Him, He gives the right to be called children of God. How do you know if you're one of those that receive Him? How do you know you're one of those that the light comes and you receive it? Not that you're overcome by it. Not that darkness overcomes you. Light comes and you don't reject it. Instead, you receive it. How, how is that demonstrated? It says they believe on His name. They believe on His name. You know, the light comes and there are several reactions that we can have to it. We can be like um, Adam and Eve. We can run and hide. Remember that? When their when they're sin, they sinned against the Lord and God comes on the scene and they're out hiding somewhere. Why? Because they don't want their sin to be seen. They don't want to be exposed by it. That's what happens in John chapter 3. It says, um, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. So we can run and hide sometimes from the revelation of light. And there are other times that we allow the light to expose our darkness. What does God's light sometimes expose in you and in me? Well, I, I don't know about you, but impatience can be exposed within me when God's light shines. Maybe unkindness. A lack of love for one another. Un, unloving. Sometimes covetousness is revealed in me as God, God's light comes. Or gluttonous uh, responses to food. Very easy to, to see the light comes and, and I can see my gluttony. Or uh, we can be lustful or selfish or angry. The light comes and it exposes us. But much like the psalmist in Psalm 139 who realizes that God is able to sift through our thoughts in life, when he comes to the end of the psalm, he says, God, search me and know me. Try my ways. Reveal in me wickedness and lead me 
on the paths of righteousness. Lead me in a different way. When, darkness, when light comes, it exposes our darkness. And sometimes we want, we want that revelation. Why is that? Because we want to be like that publican in the, the, the parable that Jesus tells. We want to be like the publican who says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Rather than being like the Pharisee who says, well, God, I thank You that I'm not like that sinner over there. I've got it all together. Remember what Jesus said about the results of that? One of these guys walked away justified rather than the other. Which one was it? The one beating his breast who recognized his sin and said, Lord, be merciful to me. The light comes and we don't want to hide from it. We say, Lord, expose me. Reveal my lack of resources for good and righteousness because I know I need something from You. And when that comes, we want to allow God's light to shine in us and leading us in a different pathway. What is that pathway like? Well, again, Thy Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Right? But much like John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When my sin is revealed, I want to be regularly reminded to hear from, to look for, and to follow after the One who is light. He, he shows me Himself and he, he's, he's become really appealing. You won't find anyone else on this earth like Jesus. Faithful in every moment. Patient in every moment. Merciful in every moment. Because it's who He is. You know, we started by talking about darkness, right? And how darkness overcomes and darkness was over the face of the deep. And then Jesus comes. He's the light of the world. He offers light. Well, He's going to finish that job. I want first to look at a couple of passages to conclude. Look in the book of Revelation 21 with me. There is a coming day when all of the darkness of the world, all of my darkness, all of the darkness that Satan and his demons proliferate, that it will all be completely annihilated. Because Jesus came to rescue us from darkness. And there is a day in which that darkness will be fully dispensed with. Look at these words in Revelation 21 starting in verse 22. A vision of the future where he says, I saw no, uh, uh, no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Look at chapter 22 and verse 3. Again, conceiving of this day when Jesus' light dominates. It says, No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. 
They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Listen, this day, it seems so distant from now, doesn't it? It seems only like this this wish from this vantage point. This day is coming. This day that God records here in Revelation chapters 21 and 22, it's coming. And who is going to ensure that it happens? Our Savior Jesus, who is the light of men, whose light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, is not, will not overcome it. This will come to pass where God will wash away, send away all the darkness and provide this light. And while we still struggle yielding allegiance to our Savior and are confronted by our own darkness daily, there is a coming day when all of that darkness will be dispelled and we will dwell in Jesus' light for all of eternity with no need of the sun. In that day, all of our fears will be destroyed. All of our confusion will be eliminated. And all of our darkness will be dispelled. And who's going to accomplish this? It's Jesus who made the world, who authors life, and who brings light. Will he complete this work? Yes. This is who He is. Jesus is the light of the world who came to give us real life. And I appeal to you, receive Him. Believe Him. Let's pray together. Father, You know. You know that You, what You have accomplished. You know what You are accomplishing. And You know what is still to be done that You are going to accomplish through Your Son. We ask that You'd help us as we dwell in these days of difficulty. Help us not to forget that You are faithful to finish what You've started in the universe, in the church, and in us. Help us to look confidently toward You for this light and this life that You offer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.